0: Gracious God and Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. I direct your attention to page 10 in your bulletin. The sermon text is from John 19 verses 28 through 30. And we read, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the Scripture. Now, the word fulfill is the same Greek word as the word finished. It's the same root. The word teleo, means to finish or to complete something. So Jesus not only completes his work, in doing so he completes the scripture. He fulfills and completes all scripture. He said, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth when he had received the sour wine he said it is finished again same Greek words from the root uh, teleo and he bowed his head and gave up the spirit his spirit now to finish something in this sense in, in the sense of the Greek word it is, it is used of individuals who have been commissioned to do something. They're commissioned to complete a given task. And that describes our Lord. And notice, three times in this short passage, this word is used. Now that is emphasis. Emphasis. And John, in this way, emphasizes the work of Jesus because that work is what saves, it's what delivers you and me from sin, death, and the devil. And because it is finished, it means there's nothing for you or me to add to it. Now, the same word appears earlier in John, John chapter 4, where Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman by a well. Now, his disciples, you may recall, have gone into town to buy food, and Jesus dialogues with this woman, which other rabbis would not do. They would not talk to a woman, much less a Samaritan woman, but Jesus crosses these Boundaries of Ours. He dialogues with her. And when the disciples come back with some food, then they say, Rabbi, eat. And Jesus replies, now this is verse, or Roman numeral one on page 12 of your outline. He replies, I have food to eat that you do not know about. That's John 4, 32. So then the disciples say to one another, has someone brought him something to eat? And letter A, Jesus replies, my food, and I emphasize my because it's emphasized in the Greek. You know, you may have your food, in other words, but I have mine. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish There's that word, finish his work. Now, this is the will of God for Jesus. And the will of God is what Jesus eats and sleeps and breathes. The will of God is his passion. Carrying out his Father's will is what energizes him. It's what motivates him. It doesn't really wear him out. It's what keeps him going. And it's evident all the way back to childhood when his parents found him alive. After searching for him three days, they find him in the temple. And Jesus says to his mother, Why were you seeking me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's Business. Letter B, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now this statement is really one word in the Greek, finished. It's not a cry of resignation. It's not a grudging acceptance of death. It is a statement of satisfaction at a job well done. Jesus is triumphant and satisfied in his death because that is his father's deepest desire. So, what exactly did Jesus accomplish? What exactly did he finish? Well, among other things, Roman numeral two, and this is the main thing, Jesus accomplished God's reconciliation with the world, with humanity. And in letter A, I quote Hebrews 10:14. For by one single offering, not many offerings, not not Jesus' self-offering in addition to something else, but by one single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. By one single offering, His own self-offering at the cross, He has perfected for all time Those who are being sanctified. That would be you and me. We have been perfected for all time in the sight of God through this self offering of our Lord. Now, here's my question to you Can you improve upon that? Can you improve upon perfection? Finished means finished. There's nothing more to add to his work. We've said this, I've stated this equation before, and it's worth repeating. Jesus plus nothing at all equals everything. There's nothing more to add. Jesus plus no work of yours or mine equals everything. Everything. Now, we Lutherans are not against good works. For the 1,000th time, let me say that we are not against good works. Scripture proclaims good works as the result of our salvation, not the cause of it. And to add anything at all to the work of Jesus is to subtract from the work of Christ, to believe that he must supplement, that we must supplement His work in some way is to declare that that work at the cross is insufficient somehow for you and for me. And Holy Scripture will not allow us to do that. We proclaim Christ alone for our salvation, and we proclaim good works as the result thereof. The only reason we're tempted to add anything at all to the work of Christ is this. We trust what we do more than we trust what God does. That's our problem. It's been our problem since Genesis chapter 3. We want to be God. We want to do it. We trust ourselves more than we trust God. But the fact is, my friends, and we know this from experience, not only from the Word of God, that you and I, we're not worthy of that trust. We're not worthy of it. Nothing we do measures up to God's standard of perfection. So how is it possible then to improve upon or to add to His perfect work for us? Here again, for by one single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Christ himself perfects us for life with God, and it is presumptuous for anyone to claim that he can improve upon that. Letter B. How can one man's death atone for the sins of the world? How can that be? Well, this is how it is. The very same way that one man's sin in the garden... Plunged all humanity into sin and death. It's the same thing, only in reverse. St. Paul wrote, In Adam, all die, but in Christ, all will be made alive. Why should it be strange or odd that God redeems humanity through one man when God has condemned all humanity through one man as well, that being Adam? St. Paul writes in Romans 5, through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners. So through the obedience of the one man, the many are made righteous. God deals with all of us through two representatives, through Adam on the one hand and through Christ on the other. Through Adam we inherit sin and death. Through Christ... We inherit forgiveness and life eternal. Why? Because Jesus is the obedient Son of God in contrast to Adam and in contrast to all of us. So God treats us all the same. In Adam, God condemns everyone. No one has an advantage over another. And in Christ, God redeems all through Christ's blood, through, from sin and from death. And that redemption becomes yours, not through your works, but through your faith in Christ's work for you. So, Roman numeral three, let me ask you, what do you eat, sleep, and breathe? What consumes you? What is your passion? Is it your work? Is it your school, your family? Those are all legitimate callings from God. You are a husband or a wife, you're a parent or a child, you're a teacher or a student, an employer or employee, you're a government official or you're a citizen. Those are all legitimate callings from God. But here's the difference. When you serve those people whom God has placed around you to serve, you serve as if you're serving the Lord because he's the one who's placed you there to do that for them. It's the Lord who's called you to the task. You serve him. And those various offices I've just described, husband, wife, parent, child, and so on, I described them as legitimate callings from God, but I did not describe them as your passion. I did not say that those callings should be what you eat, sleep, and breathe. Jesus did not eat, sleep, and breathe his family. He did not eat, sleep, and breathe his carpentry. He ate, slept, and breathed his Father's will. Just as it was the Father's will for Christ to finish his work, so it is your Father's will to daily and weekly for you and I to receive that work of Jesus, to trust in that work of Jesus, to praise the Father daily and weekly for that work of Jesus, to take comfort in that work of Jesus, and to share that work of Jesus with those whom God has given us. In short, your passion must be Jesus. That is how you become the best husband or wife. That's how you become the, the best parent or child, employer or employee. He is God's will for your life. He is what we are called to eat, sleep, and breathe. Eat, sleep, breathe him. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, amen.